Hello and welcome to The Plotting Shed. You're listening to Rachel McCartney, founder of plantplots.com and author of the book I Want to Like My Garden. Each week, The Plotting Shed discusses different aspects of garden design, but we focus on things that other books don't really talk about. I hope you enjoy this podcast and do please hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. Well, hello and welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. This week, I'm going to be starting to look a little bit more into the specifics of certain garden shapes. Gardens these days come in a whole range of differing shapes. There's square rectangular gardens, we've got long, narrow, thin gardens, we've got wide, expansive gardens, odd-shaped gardens and triangular-shaped gardens. I'm just going to try and do a couple of episodes about how you can tackle those issues. So in this particular podcast, we're going to be looking at even regular shaped gardens so square rectangular it doesn't matter whether they're wide and shallow or they're long and narrow but they're straight sides and they're they're an ordered original shape i don't know about you but sometimes when you look at a garden you know you want to make changes or you've got a brand new house and it's just an empty space and you've got to create a garden it's really really overwhelming to try and work out all of these different facets and things that you think you need to put into a garden in order to make it attractive, workable and an enjoyable space to be. So I'm just going to try and see if I can demystify some of those aspects for you. When I start talking about garden design, I just want to to set the tone that I'm not looking or talking about the kind of styles and designs that you will see in horticultural media because most people don't want to have that complex a garden or they can't aspire to it or it's out of their budget so every time I'm talking about design what I really am trying to look at is the design of your garden my garden using an average budget where most of it you'll be doing yourself so it's all about creating and turning what is an ordinary garden into an extraordinary garden but not an extravagant garden And design principles always follow the same starting point. You need to understand what you need the garden to do for you. What's its primary function? What's its secondary function? What are the roles that it has got to deliver in order that you can use, or you and your family can use the space as you choose? Write down what emotion you want the garden to create for you. And also what makes you feel that way, the kind of things that you think would help you feel that way in your space. But also, what will prevent you from feeling like that? As we've dealt with in previous podcasts, that will show you the emotional negatives 
that you have in the garden and the practical negatives that you have in the garden. And we can start by solving those and making sure we eradicate and minimise the negatives. Once we know the things that we might have to do, we're still faced with this regular shaped boundary. Now to start with, I'm just going to talk about the garden being your average rectangular shape. You step out of the back door, you've probably got a patio or a small paved area as you step out, and then you have fences running parallel and an end fence. What's the decisions and how do we then progress the design from there? Decision one, you need to decide whether your garden is going to run with the boundary lines or you are going to orient it against or at an angle to the boundary lines. Now we've gone into design layouts in previous podcasts, but essentially in a, in a smallish average sized regular shaped back garden, you've got sort of geometric styles or formal styles. And there's also informal, but sometimes that's quite hard to introduce in a small space well. Geometric styles work really well in this type of garden. If you go onto my YouTube channel, and I put the link at the end of the show notes, I will put this in video format so that you can listen to the podcast, watch the video, and fingers crossed, you'll look out the back garden and have this sort of, ah, I think I know what I can do thought with your space in the future, which if you do, by the way, let me know and show me, tell me what you did, tell me what you created, I'd love to see it. Are we going to orient the garden at the same way that the boundaries and the house sit, or are we going to work against it? Why would we orient against the flow of the garden? Well, there are lots of different reasons for that. Sometimes it makes useful shapes. It's easier to create bigger, deeper planting spaces when we twist the orientation of the of the garden around. It can throw up pockets and areas that we can use as smaller spaces or little seating areas. If we run with the lines of the garden. You have to sometimes work a bit harder to make the boundaries disappear, make the garden feel a bit wider. You've got to use more vertical height to hide the horizontal lines of the fences. Just have a look and think, what am I trying to do? Am I trying to make this garden look less square? Am I trying to make this garden look less small or a bit wider? That will help you determine what you're going to do with the main big shapes. And the main big shapes in any small garden are your seating areas and your lawn. And we have to make those shapes fit together. The starting point for creating any design like this is to get a scale drawing done. You have to know the measurements and then you have to know the minimum size you need the practical elements to be. How big does your seating area need to be to accommodate you and your family when you want to use it? And that's then the shape that is the predeterminant size. It's no good shoehorning a tiny little patio in. You need to give yourself enough space to enjoy the garden properly and enjoy the garden well. 
But essentially, all garden design is the same thing. It's saying we all use the garden in the same way. We want to be outside, we will sit somewhere to enjoy the garden. What I need is a place to sit, I need a way to get to that place to sit, and when I'm sitting there, I want something nice to look at. That's the bare minimum. That's all we're trying to create. Let's break it down and keep it very, very simple. On your scale plan that you have, you need to draw out the size of the minimum seating area that you have, and then give yourself a little bit of, of space around that so that you can move around. Obviously, budgets dictate the size of the patio, but one of the main design mistakes is that we sometimes over-embellish these hard landscaping changes and it makes them more expensive or more intricate and elaborate than they need to be. So if you think about keeping everything really simple, just give me a good surface to walk on that works that I like. I don't really want it to be the design feature of the garden. I'm just going to walk on it and sit on it and put the table and chairs on it. So if you can save part of your budget, not on overly hard landscaping, you can increase the size of your patio and make it a more user-friendly space. In essence, the design principles that you are trying to do with a square garden really do depend on your personal choice of how you want the garden to be. And it might be that you want the garden to be a tranquil space where you feel that the world is not next door. To do that then, you've got to find a way of hiding the boundaries a bit more because that clearly defines where your space ends and somebody else's space starts. It might be that you're looking at your space and you want it to feel as big as possible, wide. You want it to not see all of it in one spot. You want to have a little quiet corner somewhere that you, you can't see from the house. So it's a plan process of if I have something there, what will stop me from seeing it? What will I, what will I need to add to the garden that can create that hiding space? And we don't get stuck and bogged down by talking about plants at this point. There will be a plant for every single thing that you need to do once we know the job that it's got to do. But right now, it's about breaking the design down into simple bite-sized chunks. When I'm sitting here at the table, the sun is on my face. That's great. I want to make sure I don't obscure it. When I'm sitting here on the patio and the sun is in my face and I'm looking down the garden, the first thing I see is the end fence. And so I don't want to see that. What can I build in or put in the way that will stop me noticing it? Do I put that right in front of the fence? Or what about if I bought that element right next to the patios? What about if I bring that distraction closer to where I'm sitting, would that work better? Would I notice that more and notice the end of it less? How much space do I need for family space? If I twist the garden lawn around this angle, would that give the kids a longer run up to hit the football into the goal? And then when I've got that, how can I protect the neighbours from the football and and so forth. It's all about asking those questions that will determine your use. And in a small, 
ordered shaped garden, you have some choices as to whether your garden loses boundaries or whether it works with them. Now, that's a decision I can't tell you the right one because that depends on personal choice. But what I can tell you is the process that gets you to the right decision for you. With any change in planting or change in layout and format and design, we need to concentrate on, when we're using the garden, the views that we create. This, this is not all about the outside world and the, and the wider landscape. It's about distraction, disguising and enhancing. If I've got a noisy environment outside my garden, for example, then potentially if I can engross myself in a small micro view, maybe that's got the sound of buzzing bees or you've got the sound of water or the rustling grasses, that distraction will help you notice the noise of a noisy road less. It's that sort of thing that we're looking at. So in your square garden, you need to make the shapes that you have, the patio, the lawn, and then maybe a route between them fit together in a format that you find attractive. And a good way to do this is to stand from the upstairs window and take a photograph down onto the garden that you can possibly draw on. Then you go out and you mark it out, walk around the spaces, walk down that path that you think you're going to set at that, in that particular place. If you've created a seating area, take your chair and plonk it where you think you might put it. Where would you look when you're sitting there? Which way would you orientate yourself so that you can then see what you're naturally going to look at? Decide what's more important, the view when you're sitting or the view when you're standing. There are lots of different views in any garden. There's the view from the kitchen window down the space. There's the view from the end of the garden back to the house. You can't do all of them. So you have to decide which ones you're going to concentrate on to give yourself the interest that you like. So you can choose geometric, i.e. offsetting the angles against the squareness, or you can run with it. That's personal preference. If you're choosing a, an informal style, then make sure that the sweeps and the lines of the curves and the shapes that you use are pleasing to the eye. They're not abstract. It's much better to have a simple sweeping curve than one that undulates because it's messy. It, it, it actually makes the space feel smaller. Play with these shapes on the ground. Get one of those marker sprays, spray it out on the lawn, and then go and stand and look down at it from above and see what feels good within the requirements of the space that you need. So what about different shape rectangles? The most obvious one is your garden is a long, narrow, thin garden. These are very common in terrace housing. It's really hard to make that feel less like a tunnel. So what are you trying to do? Well, there's a different video I've got, which is specifically aimed at long, thin gardens, which will be really useful for you to watch, which I'll put the link on on the show notes. But you've got two or three options. 
you either have to choose that you embrace the length of the narrowness and you you enhance it, you make it the feature of your garden, you make it the thing that everybody will notice. And you do that then by maybe using, say, a, a pot or a colour that you repeat all the way from the near end of the house right to the far end. It may be, say, a, a splash of bright red plants, but you're saying, look, there's one here, there's one here, there's one here, and there's one here, and there's right at the end, look, this is surrounding the focal point that I've created. So you really take the narrowness head on, this visual length, and not so much visual width. It may be that you choose, you want to create a journey through your long, narrow garden. So you have to put boundaries or borders or barriers at strategic points along the way. You give yourself, a, say, a little window that you, you might have an arch that you, you've got some trellis on either side so you can see through the arch and maybe there's a completely different colour scheme the other side. So you walk, want to walk down the garden. It's all about enticing you and then saying, yeah, there's a, this may be a long, narrow space, but look what I've got beyond here and beyond here and beyond here. Each one is different. Come and have a look. The other way that you may be thinking about your narrow garden is that you want it to feel wider and less enclosed in. You do that by offsetting the angle. You use geometry. You don't make the paths parallel to the fence lines, you take them at a, a different angle. But the important point then is you use vertical height to stop you seeing beyond something. The path may angle off to the right and then it'll change direction and go to the left. But the point is, at the point that it changes direction, there is something tall and big and vertical that's obstructing what's behind that left-hand turn. And because you can't see the end of the path, you can create the impressions of slightly more width, especially because you then hide the top line of the fences. And that would be the key design principle for a long, narrow garden. But we've also got wide, shallow gardens. These are the ones where your house is oriented and it might only be five paces, eight paces, ten paces to the back fence, but it runs along parallel to the back of the house. So from inside, all you see is a horizontal fence that feels quite oppressive and close to the house. How would you work the design around that one? Well, again, there are two or three very simple principles in addition to the geometry and the formal or informal layouts. You have a choice. You can reorient where you sit. Most of these houses will have the long, narrow patio straight outside the doors, which forces you to sit and look at the shortest distance to your end fence. Reorient where you would sit move your main seating area to one end of the garden. And then instead of a wide, shallow garden, you have an ordinary square rectangular garden that you can put your space in. But there's one other main view with a wide, shallow garden that you just need to consider, and that's the internal outside view. It's the, it's the bit when you're standing at the kitchen window or your sitting room and you're staring out, the fence at the other side of the, the end of the garden seems very close. 
So what do we do with that? If we've got negatives, we have to look at whether we can distract from them, disguise them, or enhance them. And we have to understand which one is possible. With a big, long, wide fence fairly close to your window, it's quite hard to distract from it because that's all that you can see. It's even harder to disguise it because if we simply put a climber across that fence, instead of having a fence-shaped barrier in front of our window, we've got a green barrier in front of our window. We haven't solved the problem. So therefore, what we have to do is we have to enhance it. We have to change the mindset of how we view the fence from inside the house. And if you think about creating like a little micro view, if I'm sitting on the sofa and I'm staring through the patio doors, that's the part of the fence I see. What can I do to make that interesting and attractive for me? It could be that you could add neon outside light artwork so that at night time when you're sitting there, you've got some a, a beautiful thing to look at that's lit up. It may be that you can add some quirky art features. Look up fence art on Pinterest or on the internet. There are loads of fabulous little ideas about how that small space of fence can be made to look really fun. You can use wall art. You can just use colour. You can use mirrors, you can use trellis, you can create a whole different space that gives you that micro view inside, outside. Have a look at the videos. Obviously, it's really difficult to verbalize a garden design sometimes, but hopefully having listened to this podcast and then looked at either the narrow garden design or the wide garden design or the videos that I've put on YouTube, it'll give you a better understanding. So I hope it's helped. I will speak to you next week. Bye for now. Well, thank you for listening. You have been listening to Rachel McCartane of The Plotting Shed. If you've got any questions about this podcast, please email me, rachel at plantplots.com, or you visit the website. We've loads of different information on garden design and gardening advice along with planting plans that you can download you can look at the designs that we've created so do take a look and please do hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode you can also donate if you go onto the website plantplots.com there's a little button there saying you can buy me a coffee so all donations will be hugely appreciated thank you very much enjoy your week enjoy your garden take care and stay well